Monday's coming. Monday is when reality hits. Monday is when Sunday is tested. Monday is when faith has to work. What we are doing inside these walls allow us to handle, prosper, and not just survive, but thrive all week long. What are you doing inside these walls? Yeah. We're thrivers, not survivors. Amen? This section's repping it today. Love it. Y'all don't look too bad yourself. Just smile at your neighbor. Show them your pearly whites or pearly yellows. Whatever you got. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Constellation, that's happening Thursday at Christian Life Center in New London Township. And uh, it's going to be good. We're going to be there and... and we're joining, everybody's getting together. I love that. Because see, when, when the body of Christ unites, it's powerful. We're better together. Amen? Amen. Let's hear it for our live wires as they leave. Let's hear it for our children, ages 6 to 6th grade. Amen. Inside these walls, what a, what, a, what a time we've had these last five weeks. And uh, you might, might have noticed there's something up here in front. Did you notice that? It's like a tank. It's a, it's a hot tub, kind of. It is hot. We actually warm the water for you. And, and here at the Power Place, we're all about water baptism because it's, it's the... Uh, basically the first step in obedience to what God has done in your life. And, and if you choose not to get baptized in water, you're basically saying, God, I really don't want what else you have for me. But when you say, I'm all in. I, I was reading uh, Acts chapter 22 this week, and the Apostle Paul, he's telling everybody about what happened to him, right? He was... He was going to persecute the church because that's how he believed and God knocked him off his donkey. <laughs> yeah, I, I, he did. He was riding the donkey. <laughs> All right. Knocked him down, blinded him, and, and just said, what are you doing? Why are you persecuting me? And, and the Apostle Paul, at that point, he, he's like, who are you, Lord? Because he recognized there, there's power in this, this one who has just arrested me. I'm out to arrest everybody else. And yet, God got his attention in a big way. And so he's telling his story, right? And he, he comes down, and, and in verse uh, 10 of Acts 22, he says, I asked, what should I do, Lord? And the Lord told me, get up, go into Damascus. There you'll be told everything you are to do. 
He said, I was blinded by the intense light and had to be led by the hand to Damascus by my companions. And a man named Ananias lived there. He was a godly man, deeply devoted to the law, well regarded by all the Jews of Damascus. He came and stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, because that was his name at that point. His name didn't change to later. Brother Saul, regain your sight. That's all he said. And that very moment, I could see him. I mean, he was blinded by God. God sent Ananias to touch him and talk to him and, and say, receive your sight. He did, and now he sees again. Now, just imagine for a moment that's you, right? Life changes quickly. And, and here he is. Then he says, he told me, the God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and hear him speak. For you are to be his witness, telling everyone what you've seen and heard. And I love this next verse, and this is where I'm going today because this is where all of us need to go. What are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. <laughs> I mean, seriously, what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. And I think that's a word from God for, for many in this room today. It's been kind of sitting back saying, eh, yeah, well, I, I'm kind of in, kind of there. But when you give your life to Jesus, you want to go all in, right? Yeah. And, and that's what this tank's all about. Because baptism is a picture of being buried with Christ and risen again in newness of life. Come on. And we're not going to bury you and leave you there because God doesn't do that. Amen? Amen. He, he brings us back to life. So Ananias said, what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. Have your sins washed away by calling on the name of the Lord. What are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. And we're going to do that at the end of the service today. We're going to save some time to do that. Uh, we, we got a lot of time today, so I'm, I'm excited about that. So get ready and uh, start processing that, saying, you know what? Yeah, I want to be all in. I, I want to show the world what God's done in my life. I'm just going to do that publicly because Jesus said, if you're, if you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father. None of us want that, amen? Okay, so... I'm not going to go into everything about that, but just wanted to throw that out there. What are you waiting for? <laughs> just, just nudge your neighbor and say, what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. And the cool thing is we're waiting for you. We're, we're ready. We got some shirts and t-shirt, t-shirts and uh, shorts and, and all that kind of stuff, towels. So, anyway, so inside these walls, hi guys. Hey. Hi. Hey. Wow. <laughs> they can all talk, and we know that because we've heard them the last five weeks. And um, I, I don't think I was the longest-winded person. You were. <laughs> Definitely Zay. It was Zay. It was Elijah. I'm pretty sure we proved yeah, it. Yeah, I don't no. know. Our hour and six minutes right here. This yeah. Guy. <laughs> Who? You. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I win for shortest. <laughs> wow. And best. <laughs> well, see, here, here's what happens. When they don't let me preach for a long time, I have to get it all out, right? So. <laughs> I'm kidding you. So we've been talking about inside these walls, and, and some of the questions we've been asked, like the whole thing really is changing the culture of who we are in our homes. That's a big deal. Because what happens when you're off the stage is way more important than what happens when you're in front of people. Because it, it's the behind-the-scenes stuff. It, I, I always heard it said, your kids usually follow in the footsteps you thought you covered up. Wow. Right? And, and so really what we do every day is the most important thing, how we live inside our walls, not outside the walls. Because you can go outside the walls and act like whatever. Right? Yeah. And we've all done it. But... But you got to be genuine inside the walls. And what we're trying to do is, is change that whole culture. And so, Elijah, you, you talked about the culture of the home. What are some of the things, the practical things we can do? Like, let's say someone's sitting here and they're thinking, culture my home just really isn't what it should be. But I'm also living with somebody, husband or wife or kids, that really don't want the culture I want to bring in as a godly person. What do I do about that? Yeah. Um, this, is, this is a big thing that we always come into with life change when it happens. It's not always uh, taken good when you bring it home. And that's one of the things that uh, when, when God changes you as a person, uh, change doesn't, and this is what we say all the time, but change doesn't just happen in this place. It has to happen outside. And, and that's what really goes forth. And I, I think... The start of all the culture, I think, really begins with yourself and looking at who you are as a person and really evaluating what are some of the things that I'm doing to bring to this culture the wrong things. And, and really evaluating, hey, and knowing this, I think when you come to realize everything I do puts culture into my life. Everything I say brings culture into my relationship with my wife. Everything I do Brings, brings culture into my kids. So evaluating yourself, I think, is number one. I think it's key in changing culture is looking at yourself, uh, taking those moments and evaluating your heart, your determination, what determines what you do, what motivates you, what inspires you. I mean, if you have to be inspired by going out and, and being at work with the guys or being, you know, with the ladies who are, are, you know, you need to evaluate yourself and say, where am I getting my inspiration? Where am I getting my passions? You know, is it coming from the king of kings or is it coming from, you know, the world? And that will ultimately determine what comes out of your life because I think the biggest culture bringers are the people who are changed on the inside. Yeah. It's not a set of rules. Culture is not rules. Culture is not a plaque on the wall. Culture is not a vision statement that you post to everywhere in your house. It's not that. Um, it, it starts in you. But that's part of it, isn't it? It totally is, yes. But I think we get confused and, and think that's the first thing we've got to go to is all the rules and how we're going to set all these things. You know, take a chill. Look at yourself first. I think that's, that's the biggest key. And I think yeah. that's what these guys all hit on. Be the example. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. really, it, it's, it's you. You are the, the culture setter. And, and so, 
if you're genuine, that's huge. Right? I mean, we tried to be genuine with you guys, raising you and... Genuinely strong. <laughs> but, but we didn't just beat you, okay? That was just half of it. There was a lot of words that followed that. Daddy doesn't want to do this to you. He loves you. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Give me a hug. Tell me you love me. I love you. Isn't it funny, though? You find yourself doing the exact same thing. I do the exact same thing. <laughs> Literally. And I make sure to end. And we'll just go here because we're here already. Might sure. as well. But I always make sure to end my punishment. And, and if I don't, my wife says, go back in and finish it right. Because sometimes, you know, emotions get in the way. It is, period. It doesn't matter how godly you think you are. You might be Jesus' brother. Um, it doesn't matter. And sometimes emotions get in the way, and I'll, I'll go in and I'll you know, do my discipline with my, uh, right now with, with, with London. Um, there's a lot of communication. My four-year-old is smarter than I am. And so, you know, conversations, she has questions that I don't know. I'm like, I don't know. Let me read my Bible. Um, but I'll do, I'll do, you know, a, a punishment, and I'll, and I'll end with always with, you know, Daddy loves you. And let's embrace, you know, hug me. She's like, I don't want to hug you. We have to hug. You know, let's hug. And let's embrace. Because it, when you end things right, there's that, that positive reinforcement takes away from that pain. And that pain was there to, to learn a lesson. And you might want to call the cops on us, whatever. That's fine. We believe what, what you know, what, the strong reinforcement. That's, that's it. And uh, I can tell you there's change in that. And end things right. And you always did. And I think that's where, um, where life change came for us. Yeah, and let me just add to that, too, while we're on that note, because uh, our Uncle Paul, he's, like, genius up here, like, way up. And, and he told us, uh, with the psyche of a kid, you are teaching them how God views them. And so when you just punish, punish, punish with no relationship or resolve, yeah. saying, I love you, and that's why I'm doing this, uh, you're showing that's what God does. So you want to hide from him. That's good. Um, and then you're showing God, hey, you're showing them, hey, God Yes, there's consequences, but there's also love and grace and redemption afterwards. I think that's, that's good. It, you know, the Bible says the punishment is necessary. Uh, Paul was talking to the Corinthian church, and he said the punishment that was inflicted was necessary, but now I'd rather you love them, comfort them, reaffirm your love for them. Because you've got to have both sides. That's the God we, we serve. He, he loves us enough to correct us. He loves us just like we are, but he loves us too much to leave us like that. And so he, he brings that loving correction and reaffirms his love for us. Tough love. It, it's it's uh, part of the deal. Uh, one, one thing that we also did, go ahead. You want to say something? Go ahead, touch on that, and then I'll... So, uh, you know, just touching on the whole, you know, my spouse doesn't really understand, doesn't agree with the culture I'm bringing in. Uh, this is huge. This is all across. You're not the only one. The majority is, is this way. Um, and, and that's what you have to understand. It has to start inside of you, but the culture can be changed underground. Um, you know, if you go to China right now, there's an underground movement going on, but there are thousands upon thousands getting saved. Why is that? Because culture is started with people who are passionate, who are living it out. And so I think if you bring this home uh, to your house, 
this doesn't have to be something that you come in the door and say, this is how it's going to be, and you better, I'm going to get the butcher. You know, like, you're not going to go that route. That never works. It never works. It, it might be effective in some house, but you know, you know. But every situation, I know that <laughs> never works, actually. I should have just went with your answer. That was a better answer. But all the time, you watch, you watch Jesus' life, and this is how you can always play out with it. Jesus changed the culture by being the culture. And so you can bring the culture with your life, with your words, with how you react to things. Even when the other person's coming at you, how will you react? And that is a huge statement of your culture you're bringing. Do you get up in arms? Well, they're getting up in arms. Well, then you're not bringing any culture with you. You're just going along with the culture around you. And, and what you guys don't know probably is the prayer that went in behind all the other stuff. And, and we, Christy and I have suggested this to many, many people, singles, single parents, uh, people married with an unsaved spouse. And you're saying, how do I change? How do, how do I break through that? I'm telling you, prayer is your greatest weapon. Your co confrontation isn't going to work. Prayer is going to work. And, and what we suggest you do is pray for them while they're sleeping. When their guard's down, just pray over them. We prayed for our kids while they were sleeping. But we also prayed for them while they were awake. We let them hear what we were praying. I prayed over these guys that they would be the best little boys in the world. Every day, I'd pray that God would help them to honor their parents, honor those in authority over them. And we let them hear the godly prayers of a parent. And you shape. I mean, what we're doing is we're building a root structure, yeah. right? Yeah. Because roots aren't, aren't pretty. How many like to go look at the roots, you know? <laughs> Not the band, the, the uh, tree roots. <laughs> Nobody's going out digging up the roots going, wow, check out the root structure of this plant. You just don't do that. But it's like the Chinese bamboo tree. It, you know, you see nothing above the ground except a tiny little bulb and shoot for four years. And then the fifth year, it's like you can almost watch it grow to 90 feet. What happened? The root structure was being formed. And that's what we're doing in our families, in our children's lives. We're forming a root structure that's going to produce fruit. This isn't the pretty time. Okay? But a little bit of working on the root system now is going to give the ability to handle what's coming in the future and to produce the fruit that everybody wants. But you got to deal with the root structure. And I think sometimes that's inside, like in the bathroom, <laughs> yep. where you took us and just, you know, uh, opened your soul and shared some things. Why don't you help us out a little bit more, Tori? Yeah. Um, I'll also add to what they were saying. It's so important. Maybe you're here and uh, you don't have kids or maybe you're not married yet or maybe you're newly married and you're learning what it looks like to maybe live uh, on your own or in college or something like that. Setting culture in your home is still really important. Even though I don't have kids that are following the culture that I'm setting, I'm setting up the culture in my life yes. uh, so that someday my culture will already be set in my home. Uh, so I just want to encourage you in that maybe um, you've never really looked at it that way, like, oh, someday I'll have to set the culture in my home. No, it starts Good. now, and it starts what you let into your house, what you let into your life. Um, a person who sets culture, a culture setter, is always a person with integrity. 
Um, and what that means is simply that the outside is the same as the inside. It looks the same. You're not hiding things. You're not uh, trying to cover up certain areas of your life. And I've heard it said that you don't just wake up one day and lose your integrity, make a decision to lose your integrity. It's little decisions every single day that lead to, you don't wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm going to cheat on my wife today. You don't wake up one day and say, you know what, I'm going to look at pornography today. You don't make those decisions. It's the little excuse me, the little decisions yeah. along the way uh, that lead up to these big things. And in, in turn, you lose your integrity in that. And the inside, you're starting to cover it up and cover, put the layers on in order to cover the shame, in order to cover the guilt. Uh, and in that, you're not able to set culture because you haven't set the culture inside. I've said it in my message, but it's so true. You can't change the inside of your walls of your house until the inside of these walls in your mind, the inside of these walls in your heart are truly, truly changed. And someone has said, if you'll take care of the moments, the years will take care of themselves. Yeah. It's the moments that matter. And sometimes we look at the moments, we're like, eh, it's not that big a deal, whatever. And we lose out on what's real. So how do you change this, Tori? Yeah. Um, there I know the Bible been, says, yes. be renewed by the, be transformed by the renewing the of your mind. Be, but be renewed by the, yeah. Um, so what I have found is that this is a lot easier said than done. You wake up every day, oh, sorry, I'm beeping, um, and you have these thoughts. So maybe you're here and you've uh, kind of, so in my sermon, I'll just kind of go back to the beginning. Am I okay? You're good. Beeping. Okay. Somebody will fix it. Thank you. So in my sermon, if you remember, and if you don't remember, I'll kind of explain it to you. But I had this mirror on stage, and I drew a heart on the mirror, and inside the heart, I drew all of these little X's. And all of these X's represented the wounds that have happened in our life. So whether it was um, an assault wound, so something that somebody directly did to you to hurt you, whether it's abuse, uh, verbal abuse, anything like that, those are assault wounds. Those are the things that they are immediate. You can go back and remember the exact moment, the exact place you were, the smell of the room, the lights in the like you can remember those moments. Uh, maybe it was something that somebody said that you will never forget. And then there's these things called passive wounds. So maybe, and I kind of mentioned like, maybe your mom forgot to pick you up from school. Like as silly as that sounds, all of a sudden, I'm a forgettable person. I'm not, people forget about me. People don't notice me in places, things like that. And in our hearts, from the time you are born, these experiences uh, wound us. So I drew like little X's on these hearts. And so from there, and I didn't go into this in my message, but it's so, uh, so important. So I want you all to do this uh, example with me. So everybody in your mind, start to count to 20. So in your mind, start counting to 20. Now tell me your name out loud. Okay. Did you notice? Did your train of thought leave? Did you still count or did you stop counting? Stopped counting. So what's in your mind, you can't speak out loud and still think at the same time. And so these little wounds that have happened throughout our lives, they become what, what I like to call negative tapes. They're the things that we replay over and over and over when certain things come up, uh, when certain moments, maybe you have a moment of remembrance or uh, just something that happens and you start telling, it's the negative tapes that continue to play. You're not good enough. 
You're not worthy of love. You're fat, you're ugly, you are forgettable, you're unnoticeable, nobody cares what you think, nobody cares how, you, uh, what you, how you're doing, what you're living, all these things, they become these negative tapes that just replay over and over and over and over. And what happens, so this wound becomes a negative tape and this negative tape becomes a lie that you live. So maybe you're here and you, you've been telling yourself over and over because of something that happened when you were younger, somebody shut you down. You had an idea, somebody shut you down. And so you started telling yourself, the negative tape that started running was, you know what, my voice doesn't need to be heard because nobody cares. And so whenever things come up and it's your turn to talk, you decide, no, you know what, nobody cares, so I'm gonna stay silent. I'm not gonna share my opinion, I'm not gonna share how I feel in this. It's a lie that you've decided to live. And so these wounds become negative tapes, which become these lies that we live. And the only way to combat that is to go back to the negative tape, to go back to the wound, to identify, you know what, this is what happened. This is the negative tape that came from it. And this is how I've lived. I shared um, in my message the moment that uh, somebody told me that I couldn't sing. From there, that became, became a negative tape that somebody will always be better than me. And so in turn, the lie that I lived is I stopped singing. I said, you know what, I'm, I am not good at it, and so somebody else will come along and they can do it better than me, so I'll let them do it. So I stopped singing. And so that's kind of the progression of how it happens, but how you combat that, and it's what like the word of God says. It says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart. It's not just in what you say, but in the meditations of your heart. What is what are you thinking about? What is your heart turning about? And so we, we live that. And so what happens is when you are living in this just circle of negative tapes, you have to be able to combat that. And that's why I kind of showed you that example. When you're thinking, so you're counting to 10 or counting to 20 in your mind, if you say something out loud, you lose your train of thought. Uh, and so for me, I've decided that I memorize scripture and I memorize uh, these sayings and I, I tell myself who I am. I may not feel it and I may not really believe it in the moment, but if I start feeling, Tori, you're inadequate. You can't do this. You're not good enough for this. I immediately will stop those thoughts like instantly, and I will say out loud, I, Tori, am a beautiful, confident, courageous woman. I am called by God, and I will live courageous. I will live bold. So I actually say that out loud. If you're in my house, if you're a mouse on the wall, if you're in my car, you'll probably hear that quite a few times a day um, because it's something that I've decided, you know what, what kind of woman is it going to take in order to not live that lie? Those are the questions I've asked myself. What kind of woman is it going to take in order to live courageous? What kind of woman is it going to take? Maybe you're ask, you need to ask yourself, you know what, what kind of man is it going to take to believe that he's good enough? What kind of man is it going to take? What kind of woman is it going to take? Those questions. And in that, I've able, been able to create this contract type thing that is, I, Tori, am a beautiful, confident, courageous woman. I will look in the mirror and like what I see. Like, I have these things that I say that I can combat in the middle of what I say um, because your words matter. And what you tell yourself, the words inside your, your mind matter just as much as what's out, or coming out. So that was just a little addition if you need to write that down. <laughs> yeah. We only got five more minutes of the service. She's just going to finish this out. Life and death right here, power of the tongue. And, and when you speak life, you speak life, even to yourself. David said many times, I will bless the Lord. And he, he reminded himself, bless the Lord, O my soul. All that is within me, bless his holy name. 
And so we speak to our soul. What, you know, in Isaiah, you talked about the tongue, the power of the tongue. And you, as a child, had that problem. That's why you chose me to do words. <laughs> but but I've, I've loved watching the change in your life over these years. And uh, just talk about how that, that's worked for you. It was a lot of soap. Um. <laughs> so, we so, believed in that. Dawn, I mean, she was a good friend of mine. Uh. <clears throat> and he's still here to talk about it. <laughs> Even though he got his mouth washed And I wasn't allowed Kool-Aid. I was never allowed Kool-Aid to wash my mouth out afterwards. I remember that vividly, too. Um, <laughs> I love it. It was great. Let me tell you, I, it was some of the best days for me learning. Let me just say, it was your mother's idea. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Completely. Um, no, let me, uh, let me just go here for a second. When we were growing up as a kid, my mom hates this. She's like, stop sharing all this stuff about our personal life. Personal life sharing is the best. Um, <laughs> as kids, from little, literally um, little kids up until still, like three days ago, my mom, <laughs> no lie, my mom has this thing where if she has something new that she wants you to taste, she'll take a bite of it and she wants you to taste it and she'll push you for like 20 minutes. And she's like, Isaiah, just taste this. It's so good. And I'm like, Mom. I'm eating something else. I don't want to taste it right now. She's like, just taste it. Please just taste it. She's got it all perfect on a fork for me. She's like, please just taste it. I'm like, Mom, it's already gone around the room like 12 times. I don't want to taste it. <laughs> She's like, no, just taste it. Please just taste this food. And I literally have to like fight tooth and nail. Like, no, I don't want to. And she's like, please. Finally, I'll give up. And she's like, just taste it. And she puts it in my mouth. And she puts it in so much. She's like, oh, ah. Like, oh, OK. You know, I'm chewing. I'm, I'm. She's like, what do you think? I'm like, I'm, 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 it's good. OK. It's good. I give it to you. It's great. She pushes it, but I, I, I want to read in Psalm 34, it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And then it goes on to say, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah. Now, see, you can see things, but if you don't taste it, then you don't really know what the depth of how good it, it really is. And so for us, words, on my side, I was always the one in the room because Elijah and Allie, they just for some reason, never got in trouble, but I always got in trouble. My mouth, I was a real big talk back. I always, it, I didn't like it, and so I would talk back. I don't know why I never learned my lesson, uh, but I would always talk back, and so what would happen is I would end up being the one being punished. But I never really got to, to really taste what it felt like to be good, if that makes sense. Now, I've learned my lesson over the, the, the years, decades, um, but here, here's the thing that really, really shows to me. If, if all I'm doing is seeing and I'm not really tasting, my words are never going to change. And so, you know, for, for me, I, now London is exactly me. I mean, to a T. She's, she is literally my twin. I'm like, London, that's, that's not right. She's like, why? <laughs> are you talking back? <laughs> so, literally, God will bless you with who you are as a child uh, with your children. And, uh, and so, like, I'm going through the same motions that my parents went through with me, like, the same thing. London's got such a mouth on her, and I love it. I'm like, you are such a firecracker. Um, but, but I want her to now not only see the benefit of changing her words, but I also want her to taste it. Because when you actually taste it, when I actually give in and taste uh, my mom's coffee or, or uh, her latest, you know, taco or whatever she's put together, you know, she puts all these different weird things. If you go over to her pantry and open up her door, it all says new. 
literally every box is like new, 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 new. Like, Mom, you didn't even know when you bought this. You just bought it. She's like, yeah, I had to try it. <laughs> it's all new. But guess what? If, if you will try and taste, your words can be new. And so it, it, it takes, it, it's not just going to happen overnight. You don't just change overnight. Your, your communication doesn't just change overnight. And I agree with what Dad said about changing the culture because, like, if, if you go away to a conference or something and your spouse has to stay home and you come home and you're, like, all rejuvenated and ready to go, and you're like, babe, you're never going to believe what I learned. And then you try, to, you try to, like, tell her everything that you just learned. It doesn't come out just like they spoke it on stage. And you're like, I don't really know. I'm just, I'm just trying to tell you everything. And she's like, I don't really get it. And I'm like, how can you not get it? I just told you everything that I heard there, and it was such an inspiration to me, and I, I was, like, blown away. She's like, well, it just doesn't really make a lot of sense. And I'm like, well, then I'll order the DVD, you know? <laughs> like, you're just trying, you're trying to explain it to her. You're trying to, you're trying to like, pour your, your life out of what you just learned. Why? Because she wasn't able to experience it. She wasn't able to taste he wasn't able to taste what you saw, what you were able to taste. And so what happens is your communication will change when you start to taste what Je- who Jesus is. And it, it prayer, uh, prayer is huge. If you'll get into your word and start to pray, he'll start to change who you are as a person. Your words will just start to change on their own. And I've seen this done a million times. I know many a story where people will come into the house of God and their, their language will have been so far off. And they'll come in and li- literally overnight, it's gone. And so what... what what happens is it's, it's that, that change, that moment where you give it to God. But that's the key. you got to give it to God. So that in those moments, and, and again, I'll, I'll just go back to what I spoke about with um, what Rich Wilkerson Jr. said. He said, don't let go of convictions for convenience. In those moments where you want to, you just want to, you want to say what you want to say because you're allowed to. Don't let go of your convictions for convenience. But really hold tight to who God is because if you'll hold tight to that, then there'll be benefits from that, and your words will change, and your lifestyle will change due to your words changing. Go, go back to that conference for a minute when yeah. you're trying to tell Brittany about it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, how, how do you remember what you, you heard? Even oh, what, yeah. what do you hear on Sunday? Okay, this is huge. How do huge. you remember this? This is huge. We were at a conference a couple, uh, I'd say like three or four weeks ago, and uh, one of the pastors got up, and he talked about taking notes, Okay. Now, if you're not taking notes, you're going to really feel bad about yourself after I get done with this. <laughs> Way to go, William. Um, so he said within five to six weeks, and I looked it up just to make sure to double check. Within five to six weeks, I think it was, um, you will remember only 5% of what was spoken. Okay? So if you don't take notes in church, you're only going to remember 5% of what went down and it's been proven that the only part that you'll really remember was maybe a joke that was said or something that was funny that happened. True. Take notes. I'm telling you, it's important because what will happen is I'll go to a conference. I'll, get, I'll be so inspired. I'll come home. You know, I'll have all this stuff that I remember right off the moment. And then like two weeks go by, and I'm like, oh, man, what did that guy say? Oh, man, I know he said something really good. But now that I have notes, I mean, my phone is loaded with notes. You go down. I can go back. Okay, you know, mark them with a date. You go back. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, my word, that's so good. That impacted me so much. And so I would encourage you, if you're not a note taker, become one. You can take notes on your cell phone. If you're not good with iPhones, just go in and hit the button that says notes. (laughs) Tap new and take a note. You can also be a physical note taker. Pastor Greg is the ultimate. Like, look at the sticky note right here on his sheet of paper. Sticky note, man. They are all over his office. It's unbelievable. So you can go old school, too. Old school is good school. school. 
I've got notebooks full of, I mean, this notebook has so many different things. I've got notes from meetings. I've got notes from having coffee and somebody says something really great. I just wrote another little note. Your kids usually follow in the footsteps you try to cover up. Notes are very She's taking important. notes on stage, people. Yeah. <laughs> Leading. But here, we're going to hook you up. And, and in the next couple of weeks, we actually got these little uh, cool little thingies that go on the back of the chairs with pins. We're going to put some note cards in there that you can actually take some notes and be able to take home, slide it in your life journal, be able to look at it on Monday. Because did you know that church doesn't end on Sunday, but that you can have church every day of the week? And so we want you to be able to rip out your notes and be like, oh, my word, that was good. I loved what Pastor Greg said there. That was really good. It inspired me then. It inspires me now. And it might just inspire me in a year from now when I pull this back out. So taking notes is important. And I'll also add to that, sorry, um, I just want to add, taking notes is so important, like during services, during anything that you're doing that you're like, wow, that's really inspiring, write it down. And what's so great is that when you look back on it, it not only helps you like look back on it and remember things, but it also helps you pay attention when you're in a like certain place or certain meeting and maybe you're distracted, taking notes really helps. But in your life journal, which is why we, we just, we love the life journal, being able to get into God's word daily uh, and take your notes. You're basically creating your own devotional. And so I look back at, this is one of my life journals um, that I have kept. And I can look back on different days and say, you know what? Like I can look back a year from today or a year ago today and look back and say, okay, God, what were you speaking to me a year ago? And then how does that, how is that different from now? Like, what are you speaking to me now? Most of my sermons, most of the things that inspire me come from looking back in my life journal to what God was speaking to me then from scripture. So it's so important. Make sure that you are, I know it sounds super girly. It's not girly. Journal. Write down what God is saying. Write down a prayer that you have for somebody. I can look back in, in this book, and I've written down so many prayers, and I guarantee if I went through, I could actually see which prayers were answered, which prayers uh, that I was praying that I was like, man, I didn't even know that how God was going to use that like later, excuse me, later on in life. Yeah. So it's really important. Get in your life journal. Get in the, in the word of God. It is the wellspring of life. It is the way that you live an abundant life is through the word of God. And let me just talk from a guy's perspective because I hate writing. I hate reading and I hate writing. And it's and really bad as a pastor. Reading, writing, arithmetic. Yeah, I hate all, all school. I hate school. Let that go for the record. Your impact. Woohoo! No. <laughs> That's what we're teaching kids. Hate school. No. No. But like, on a serious note, I. I literally hate writing, and I live with a woman who takes notes on notes. Like, she's looking at your notes, taking a note on that note, and then she has another tablet that takes notes on those notes to make sure they're dissect enough. You know what I mean? Like, she's, she's crazy. But um, one thing I realized, whenever I start writing, okay, and this comes from literally a guy at school that wrote a paragraph and was like, how am I going to get 10 pages out of this <laughs> paragraph? Because that's all I want to write. It was terrible. I was Really bad at school. But anyway, so but like how do, you, how do you make that make good? Because if you don't like to write a lot, and let me just tell you this from experience. You don't have to write a book to learn lessons. It could be one line. So guys, don't think you have to like journal your life. Oh, today, uh, blah, blah, blah. You, know, you don't have to be frill, frolicky and, and all over the place with your talk. Let me, let me tell you what I learned. This is what I learned. When I didn't journal... I learned the same things over and over and over and over. When I started journaling, I looked back and I learned new lessons every time I did my devotions. And life journaling is so easy, it's pathetic. Uh, the people that don't like writing, it don't matter. It, this is 
this is child's play. But what it does is it, it trains your mind to say, I have to get something out of this. And this goes into every area of your life. This isn't just for Bible reading. This is for every area because then you go into every conversation and say, what am I going to get out of this conversation with Tori? I'm thinking, I'm processing, I'm writing my thoughts. And it, it brings a whole new level to your intensity in life uh, beyond just, you know, you have to read your Bible. Yeah, that's, that's very important. It changes the way you think and look at life. Because all of a sudden, you're looking at life through the, the eyes of God. Just a thought. That's good. So, Landon, before our time runs out, take us, <laughs> take us back to the basement. Make give it us, real quick. Give us some practical help in, uh, in all of that. Yeah. Um, I remember when I explained to you, you know, the pictures that we looked at a few weeks ago of the different basements. One was, like, chaotic and one was, like, super organized. Uh, there was one basement in particular. Again, I won't name names uh, about who it was. But uh, this particular basement, it took, took days to, to clean. I mean, it was like a lot of work. It was a, a lot of time that went into it. And um, so don't, don't worry about, <laughs> don't worry about um, in your life if you got a mess right now, if it's just chaos, if it's like torture to even look at it. Don't think that it has to be done all at once right now, today, boom, it's gone. You can ask God to help you continually to clean this thing out, to, to move one piece at a time, um, whether it's, you know, 10 boxes or 20 boxes or, you know, you know metaphorically speaking, whatever that is in your life that you got to start cleaning out, just repent and ask God to forgive you for, the, for those things. Get rid of it. Start walking in the opposite direction of that. And then, you know, daily you can take up your cross and start cleaning it out over and over and over again. It's not, um, it's not it doesn't take, uh, you know, two seconds to turn the Titanic around. It takes a long time to turn a big ship around. Sure. And so um, don't get discouraged. Don't get frustrated when it seems like, oh, I keep falling back into this. I keep, you know... Um, you know, just stumbling, don't worry about that. It's okay, because as long as you know you're headed in the right direction, as long as you're asking God to help you move forward, you're going get, to get rid of that, that junk in the basement uh, pretty quickly. So, In First John 1, 7, it says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, then what it does is we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus forgives us of all our sins. I mean, just walking in the light, exposing those dark areas just really is powerful because the enemy loves darkness. He loves to stay in seclusion and, and secrets, dark things. How many of you, you don't like the dark? I mean, it's because you're a child of God, Right. But darkness can't compete with light. There's no competition. As soon as you flip the light switch on, what goes away? The light? No. The darkness goes. Because darkness can't handle the light. And so shine the light on it. And, and that's, I think, one thing that Isaiah did this morning with us. And uh, he basically said, hey, maybe you've never talked to God about this. Go ahead and turn that light switch on right now. Just get it out. Talk about it. Yeah. Put it out in the open. Because once it's in the open, God can deal with it. If you're hiding it, God can't deal with it. 
Because he, he's not going to force himself on you. God is a gentleman. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He will not force his way on you. And he's just waiting for you to invite him in. Okay, I'm going to open up the basement door. Yuck! He's like, finally, finally you gave me access. You know? Hallelujah. What freedom that is. You have anything else you want to share with that? Nope. Nope. <laughs> I love, Landon, I love the way you approach big projects, though. And if you'll break that down, I think that it has so many nuggets of wisdom, how you handle an entire huge project, because I think you and my wife are a lot uh, the same in this. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. You know my thought process in that? Why don't you just share on that? Because that is huge nuggets in there. Go. You got two minutes. Because some people might be thinking, I'm just thinking like, some people might be thinking this is way too big a mess to even handle. And I go in the basement, I get freaked out and stressed out. What yeah. Really, it's just like, I guess the organizational mind, um, in, in, in my thinking, I go through and like uh, I'll organize by section um, all the, the, the junk that I'm, I'm dealing with. Um, the things that make sense to, to be with one another, and then I'll knock that out, uh, get that just rid of, done. Um, but it's like setting things up in order because you have a lot of things probably in your basement that are useful, uh, a lot of things that, that could be put to good use, but it's, it's with the, the negative things, like the things that don't belong, the things that don't make sense. So if you, if you begin to sort those things out, this is useful. I, I believe God can use this tool in my life. This maybe, maybe you're a, a very strong-willed person. Maybe that means you're a great leader, but you've used it uh, negatively. You know, you've used it in the wrong way. Well, take that thing and say, God, I'm going to give this to you. you. You get rid of the junk that's attached to it, but I'm going to give this to you, and then he's going to turn that around and use it to, to further you as an individual to be a leader for his kingdom. And uh, real quick, just those four takeaway points that um, I, I talked about last time when I spoke. Um, and if you're taking notes today, the, these are the ones that you would want to take down if you forgot to do that before. Um, it's four things really quick. Uh, first, uh, <laughs> confess to Jesus. That's First uh, John 1, 9. This is all attached to, to Scripture. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Number two, get accountability. Find somebody who is going to help you stay on the right track. Like I was saying, if you fall, if you stumble, and you're like, oh, man, I, you know, I got to give up. I got to just stop. Well, no. Talk to somebody who's going to keep you accountable. Say, hey, this is where I fell. Can you help me? Uh, and, and, and that's what's going to help you keep moving forward. And that's uh, James 5.16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And number three, prayer and relationship with Jesus. Uh, like we're talking about with these life journals, they are majorly impactful, and they will change your life because it forces you, like Elijah said, to get something out of it. It's not just reading a passage and saying, check, that's done off the list, and then you forget five minutes later. Uh, that is like going to look in a mirror and then walking away and forgetting what you looked like. Uh, that's, that, that's pointless. Don't just do it to, be, uh, uh, to mark off your to-do list. Do it to get something out of it to let God yeah. speak to you. Uh, and that's attached to 1 Thessalonians 5.16. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And then renouncing or rejecting your sin. That's the, the cleaning out part, the turning away from saying, I don't belong to this. This doesn't belong to me. I'm going to get rid of this junk. And that's attached to Proverbs 28.13.
Whoever conceals their sins does not prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Yeah, Durant, we got to rat. Got to get that out. Yeah. Got to take care of that. Drat, a rat. Got to take care of that. <laughs> Say it with me. Drat, a rat. We got to take care of that. It's a big deal. Get the junk out. So uh, we just pray that, that God helps each and every one of us to go forward and, and to continue to see progress. Because sometimes you don't see the progress when you're dealing with root structure. But, but that's important. You shall be like a tree planted by the river of water to bring forth fruit in its season. And, and God's, many of us, God is taking us deeper so that we can go higher. But sometimes you got to go deep in order to handle the height. You got to go deep in order to produce the fruit. You got to go deep because when dry times come, and the desert seems to be all around you, that's when you got to have deep roots down to where the water source is. Because you can be sustained without any water up here if you got deep roots. Amen? Amen. So we're going to go get ready to, to baptize. Some of you are getting ready to baptize. Let's invite the band to come back up, right? And Isaiah, would you just share some stuff? Man, so the other day, <laughs> oh, I can talk. Hey, but seriously, some of you have been, been saying to yourself, okay, I think I, I need to do this. What are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. I, I uh, just, just looking at my watch, and my watch is uh, a gift from my wife. She got it for me for a, a birthday quite a while ago. It's a, a Casio Illuminator. And this, this watch is, um, man, it's old, man. This is, this is like genuine. I love this thing. It's, it's a, a calculator and a watch all wrapped up into one. It was, it was actually the original. Casio Illuminator is the original of the calculator and the watch combined. And uh, I'm looking at this, and I'm like, you know what? This is kind of crazy because normal watches only do what? <laughs> yeah, they keep time. Uh, but this watch, it does more than that. This watch does calculator and time. So you can give me a math problem. I can solve the math problem and tell you what time it is all within one band. Now, back in the day, this was like the biggest thing. I mean, it was like when it hit the market, everybody's like, I got to have a Casio Illuminator so that I can do math in school under the desk with my calculator on my watch, right? Like this is it. This is the, the hookup. Now, I started thinking about this because nowadays um, we have a, a phone, an iPhone, that, that does time, calculator, banking, texting, calling, emailing, the internet, all these things wrapped into one. And everything is in a, a device that you hold in your hand, right? This was a big thing back then. Now, a phone is a big thing. Did you know that if you go back, 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 way, 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 way back, that God was a big thing? And did you know that, you know, we, we get excited about a Casio Illuminator or we get excited about the new iPhone 12. Uh, it, you know, everything's exciting because it's just like, you know, awesome. 
Did you know that God can do everything? And, you know, sometimes in life we get so overwhelmed by, by everything coming our way, and, and we're like, I can't handle all this, God. Uh, it's coming from every corner. I can't handle everything you're putting on me. The pressure's huge. You know, it's too much. I can only tell time. I'm only one person, God. I can't handle all these things that you brought on me. And we almost start to blame God. God, why are you doing this to me? Why you, I can't handle this. And God says, hey, I created you. And I didn't just create you to be you, but I created you to have me in you. And so when I'm in you, you can handle whatever I bring your way. And whatever I bring your way, you will succeed in. And so today, I'm going to ask you a simple question. You can stand up to your feet. But if you're in this room and maybe, maybe you're here today and you're like, Isaiah, you know what? I've been going to, a ch to church for a while now. Or maybe this is my first or my second or maybe my third time in church. You know, the pressures of the world are crazy. And, and maybe, you, maybe you, know, you know of Jesus, but maybe you've never invited him into your heart. Let's just be real today. I mean, we've already, you know, in that moment of worship, already kind of confessed something to Jesus. Maybe we can take this moment to say, Jesus, we believe and we stand on that you reign. God, that you're, you're Lord of all. And today, God, I, I can't handle everything, Lord, but with you inside of me, I can handle anything. And so maybe that's you today. And, and and with every eye closed, maybe, maybe you're in this room and you say, Isaiah, that's me. I want to know Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Isaiah, I, I want to know that, that this is it. It says in the Bible, if you confess that Jesus is Lord, that he is in you. It's done. He lives in you. But you have to confess with your mouth. And if we could get every hand raised in this room, just telling Jesus how much we love him. Today, if that's you, why don't you just go ahead and confess from your heart today. Say, Jesus, Lord, you are Lord of all. Jesus, maybe I've doubted you in the past, but today, Jesus, I give you all of me today, Lord. Uh, Lord, I don't want to mess with the things that I've messed with in the past, but I want to leave them alone, Jesus, because you gave your son to come to this earth, to die on a cross for my sins. And today, Jesus, I confess that you are Lord and Savior of all. Come on, if that's you, just go ahead and lift your voice. Let's go ahead and lift our voices around this room today, celebrating that new lives are coming to Jesus today. The new hearts are knowing him today. Jesus, we worship you, God, and we thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you're doing, Jesus. Oh, we love you, Lord. Come on, let's Let's give a praise offering today because some souls have found Jesus. Come on, church. Let's have a little celebratory. Some lives are finding Jesus.